So, Jim Jordan, I just love all this. The smile, the smile that crossed <laughs> your face as soon as you started to introduce us. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan. It's like the chickens are finally coming home to roost for Republicans. And uh, how, yeah. Yeah, and they basically nurtured this faction of lunatics, the so-called Freedom Caucus. Jim Jordan, the co-founder of the Freedom Caucus, has managed to gradually work his way up the Republican leadership ladder. And now, after Kevin McCarthy got kicked out, his deputy, Steve Scalise, tried to have a go at being Speaker of the House, and he didn't even bother trying to do a floor vote for himself. And then Jim Jordan. Which is so uh, sad, because he's David Duke without the baggage, so... Yeah. <laughs> That's right. By his own admission. By his own admission. And then and then Jim Jordan was like, hey, well, I now it's my turn to do it. And like Jim Jordan has been salivating at this idea for probably 15 years. <laughs> uh, he's been in Congress for 16 years. And so he's finally getting the chance to grab the brass ring and just completely failing at it. humiliated in the vote that they had on Tuesday for him, and he lost 20 Republicans. And what was interesting to me was that he was surprised by that. He thought he was going to have far fewer holdouts, but like it's such an indictment of his general competence. <laughs> well, I wonder, I wonder if he was actually surprised. I mean, I, I read a piece right afterwards or maybe last night that was about how i mean obviously he failed to cultivate the votes he, he needed but that there had probably been an effort on his end to kind of misrepresent to the press that he had more votes than he had as a way of kind of cowing the opposition or pressuring the opposition and uh-huh. so so i i don't know i i don't know how surprised he really was or I mean, maybe he was surprised because he he thought that would essentially that would win. Well, people were yeah, like I mean, under pressure. Did, yeah, well, people did report out that it was surprising to him and his his staff. But uh, yeah, at the same time, I don't doubt that they probably also exaggerated. I mean, the interesting thing about Jordan and the far right House Republicans are the biggest leakers in D.C. They are the foundation of many stories by the quote unquote liberal media. Which, and they never, of course, want their constituents to know that or their supporters, but they fucking love leaking and backbiting and telling secret information to the press and then also turning around and being like, oh, we hate the media. They're all right, a bunch yeah. of liars. And it's it's of a piece with their general dishonesty. But it's also why they don't get the the accurate coverage that they deserve, because these people are insane. They're nuts. Like, they're they're Christian fundamentalists. Many of them are racist. Like, you cannot be a normal person and survive in the Freedom Caucus because they're so crazy. 
And basically, Jordan was the head of it for a long time and basically executed kind of a, a astroturf fake operation to appoint somebody else to be the head of it. And then so he could say, oh, I'm not doing that stuff. That's not me. I'm not in charge of that. When, in fact, of course, he was behind the scenes coordinating all the time with them. And when it's just... I, I yeah, it's just so it is so delicious seeing it all collapse mm-hmm. for him, and and in so many ways too. Because not only is he horrible at being doing the whip counting of who's voting which way, he's also like the the other the and I and I've said this. I mean, before, he's terrible at whipping itself, obviously. Yeah, yeah, because but he it's has also so that, much baggage. Yeah, yeah, and and well, and and that's the thing. Like he had spent his entire career basically shitting on everyone else oh blowing up deal john boehner called him a legislative terrorist which yeah that's those are some strong words and i i know that you're probably leading to this but he's aside from just being horrible in his job he's a horrible person by pretty much any measure i think anyone who's aware of he i mean i think most of us know at this point that there were a bunch of wrestlers when he was at, he was an assistant coach Ohio at State. Ohio State. Yeah. And yeah, he, all of them say, I mean, they, I think they put out some sort of a statement about his speakership even, but like his, compl- denied that he knew anything about this sex scandal that happened at the school where there was a doctor, a team doctor who was molested dozens of people, you know, sexually assaulted dozens of people. And for Jim years, Jordan for was years. for years, yeah. for years. And there are people from that period who worked with Jordan who say that they had conversations with him about it, that he definitely knew, that he talked about, he was aware of it. He, that there was no way he could deny now that he was unaware. And he has repeatedly uh, denied it. And there's very little reason to believe his version of the story based on everything that we know about him. Yeah, I mean, like, people don't trust this guy. He's completely out for himself. But he also failed in that. So, and I've said this on other episodes, that Republicans invented cancel culture. I think I've said that on this podcast. And they really did. Like, it was, the Republican Party was a comparatively normal conservative party up until the William F. Buckley types. And when supporters of Barry Goldwater came in and just completely trashed the place and began systematically canceling people who were moderate or progressive. And there were plenty of of those in the Republican Party. And basically, there are still a tiny, tiny number of them left, and they haven't really had any real power in the leadership. But anyway, and so Jordan, he's such a liar that you can never believe anything this guy says. Right. He's a complete sociopath. He lies constantly about everything. And always has. But he's like, basically, his plan, even though he knew he might not have the votes to win on the first ballot, he decided to go with it anyway, because mm-hmm. they were going to bully anyone who objected to him, use right wing media to cancel them. Right. Um, yeah. And like, and, and, and that's really what it was like, the right wing media is a cancel culture mob. And an is, arm of the fucking Republican Party. Yeah, that's right. And and basically tries to bully them into doing their asinine and suicidal political strategies. I mean, like, that's the only thing that has 
anchored the Republican Party to reality at all is the fact that they have to actually win elections, to, at least for now, right? That's not their goal. That is not their goal. They don't want to get around that. But if they have, if they show what they fully believe and what they fully want, you know, people are horrified by that. And it's pretty consistent. Like when that Todd Aiken guy, for instance, in Missouri mm -hmm. said I that. I remember him. He, Isn't he, he the person that said the body, that it doesn't, rape doesn't produce pregnancies because the body has a way, that women's bodies have a way of shutting that down? Oh my God, hold on. You know what? I think maybe you're right. Okay, yeah. He, he, Todd Aiken was legitimate rape. So, yes. But then who was the one who was talking about God's will. There are so many of them, it's really hard to keep up. <laughs> I, I am going to say yes. this, just to sort of springboard off what you were saying about this, he, Jim Jordan thinking he was going to strong arm people into voting for him and, and kind of mm -hmm. using these Trumpian tactics. Is I, I'm sure you thought there was the piece, I think it was yesterday, but Don Bacon, who's from Nebraska, his wife received texts from a, a number that she didn't recognize that basically threatened him or threatened his political career if he didn't vote for Jim Jordan, which is just kind of jibes with everything else that we're talking about, right? Like just absolutely you're just gonna you're just gonna force your way in and everyone is gonna either bow to you or get mold over bowled over and you'll you'll threaten them with mm -hmm. your iron fist if you don't get your way. I mean, I can just imagine the tantrums this guy has behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I mean, just look at him. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, and, and that is the story of the Republican Party since the 1960s. So, you know, we're at 60 years of this shit now, where every single time the, the right-wing lunatics bully and harass and cancel anyone else who has even a modicum of sanity into getting what they want. And so this rejection of Jordan by 20, there's only 20 Republicans. And like, this is the first time in decades that the backbenchers on the Republican Party have stood up and said, fuck you. Yeah. We're not going to let you have your way. You are an asshole and you're stupid and we're not going to let you be in charge. You're an asshole and, and you're stupid and you smell bad and I hate your shoes. <laughs> I wonder though, so the, there's the vote that happened today, today being Wednesday, October 18th, there's a second failed vote. So what happens? Does he attempt to do this again? I mean, have you, what are the bubblings that we know about going forward for it, for Jordan specifically? Yeah, well, um, it looks like that, yeah, I mean, people, a, a lot of people were willing to just vote for him just to get this thing out of the way. Because now we're at, as we're recording on Wednesday, 14 days with no speaker yeah. of the House. So, like, some people were like, look, I don't like this guy, but I just want to get this fucking thing over with. So I'm going to vote for him just to make this stop. And he's he's lost support between the first ballot and the second ballot. And, and, and like... This is really the first time that their childlike approach to politics has <laughs> that they've actually been accountable for because they don't understand how politics works. They they do have this infantile belief that you can just force other people to do what you want 
uh, and they'll back down. And it's and that's well, never because, they, because that. they that's how they operate when they're working against the opposing party, right? I mean, you cannot get a bunch of chaos agents in a room together and expect for them to work together. I mean, we we talk about this all the time, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. you could apply it. People talk about it in terms of electoral politics, but with, even within the parties, it's like, yeah, the leopards are now eating your face. Why, how, why are you surprised? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting to go back to Buckley again here in this regard, because when he first came on the scene in the early 1950s, he actually didn't call himself a conservative. His first book, God and Man at Yale, which was actually a cancel culture rant, telling alumni to get professors fired because they were mean to Jesus. That's actually what that book is about. It's the most pathetic, ludicrous book of a major political figure that I've ever seen. And I encourage people to read it just yeah, to see I... what a shithead Buckley was. Like people talk about him now. It's like, you don't actually know who this guy was. He was a total dipshit. And he was like horrible. I mean, I, I mean, I specifically think of, I mean, just a lot of the stuff that he said in defense of the white South. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the mid sixties. I mean, he, well, and he defended was apartheid into the eighties and, yeah, and keeping and keeping uh, with who he always was. I mean, he's become this kind of like go-to reference for a saner party. Even, even I've even sort of fallen prey to that kind of, thing but it's it's only because it's gotten i know shame <laughs> shame 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 but it's only because they've gotten exponentially more horrific but they but they were starting with a bar that was very low and he was the guy saying don't let the loonies take over the asylum like he was the guy so when that's where it, you know yeah it all started with him and and the john birch society and and but but with buckley's book when he first came on, he didn't call himself a conservative. He called himself an individualist. And he dropped that word because the 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 sort the legend has it he stopped calling himself an individualist because people thought it sounded like nudist. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. and but it, it is illustrative of their approach because this is a movement of people who basically are like they want anarchy. Yeah. And and Buckley, his intellectual influences were right-wing anarchist thinkers of the of the early 20th century. That was who he admired, and that was his philosophy. And so it's really no surprise that people who have cultivated this anarchistic, chaotic movement are now unable to organize. because And, and they did the same thing. This is the same thing that happened to them in 2016 with Donald Trump, how they all hated him. The right-wing reactionary establishment hated Trump because he wasn't a Christo-fascist like them. He was just a regular fascist. And so they hated him, but they were all so individualistic that they couldn't take a collective action to topple him. And they could have done it. They were just too arrogant and too selfish to drop out. And, and it is such a contrast. I mean, it's kind of a lamentable contrast, but like that's what happened to Bernie Sanders on, on the Democratic side. You look at the opposite, that all that Bernie Sanders was the plurality candidate in the early 2020 cycle, and the other Democrats were like, well, he's going to lose if he's our nominee, so we're going to drop out and let the second place guy become the nominee. And it worked. And so, and then the black South Carolinians 
went for Biden. We're all in for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's the devil they knew versus the devil that they didn't know. And I don't want to go off on a whole rant about how piss poor Bernie Sanders is at talking about race, but that's something you're going to do when your base is, when your most reliable base is black folks. Sorry. Can't just talk about class. That's some bullshit. Yep. Including if your com- communications director is black, a.k.a. Brianna Joy Gray. But has a very difficult uh, time messaging directly to black folks. Mm, yep. We'll probably have to talk about that in another episode. I That's, think. We, have, <laughs> so we have such a huge cache of things that we're going to have to cover on another episode. Yeah. So, But it's, it's looking like that Jordan is... This guy, he's he always loses. Like that's the other thing about the Freedom Caucus. They never <laughs> yeah. get what they want because their politics are suicidal. They believe the shit that they say. Like people often ask me as a former Republican, do they really believe these things? And it's like some of them don't, but these guys, the Freedom Caucus, the Jim Jordan types, they do believe. And they're yeah. so stupid. Like they actually think that people want to cut the government they think that oh know. yeah when the biggest bit of flattery you can give someone is that they deserve a job because they're willing to cut two of the most important social safety net programs mm-hmm. like why you would think that is a thing that people desperately <laughs> want and have been craving it's just absurd mm-hmm. like just the kind of like out of touch and then the way they yeah. constantly reveal themselves is out of touch yeah yeah so it will, you know, I think he'll Especially probably try to... when your base is getting grayer and grayer. Well, but the, and that's that actually was why I was writing my... When I wrote my first book was that I saw this mentality so much that people had never looked at political data and they didn't understand what the public wanted about stuff. And so that I, I was writing it and in the process, I deconverted myself from being a, a Republican because I was like, well... Not only do they not know about data, they don't care about public opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who are sort of regular Republicans, habitual Republicans, they they just actively block it from their minds the Christian right or the racist right. They're just like, ah, oh, that's those are lies. People are just exaggerating. It's not true. And when I began writing that book, I was like, let me. I had not paid attention to the Christian right. Let me just see what they actually are saying to each other and i was horrified um so but yeah like and so jordan he's gonna drag it out for a little bit longer but it's looking like the interim speaker of the house patrick McHenry, is probably gonna get empowered that's what i think is probably the the Mm. way that's gonna happen i think that's what's gonna go because i guess it's a little easier for a guy with a bow tie who looks like a yeah ferris ferris bueller Teacher, <laughs> Caesar I hope Freehand he brings this little apple apple box stand with him everywhere he goes. <laughs> so, speaking of shit shows, Elon Musk, the owner of Twitter, fine mm-hmm. X, <laughs> he says he's going to start charging people a dollar a year to use Twitter, and this isn't like some blue check thing or something. It's across the board. If you, you want to use Twitter. If you want to have a, an account on Twitter, you have to pay a dollar a year. And I just think he is laboring under so many delusions. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, again, we know that he's kind of the most desperate person on the planet, but just the idea that this is going to fly. Like, it's not our fault that you spent $44 billion on an overpriced platform that hasn't made you the darling that you wanted to be. I mean, you thought you'd be this beloved kind of like everyone would see how funny you were. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you'd make amends with your kids or compensate for those <laughs> divorces. But like I, people aren't going to pay it. I'm sorry. It's no. just it's this bottom of the barrel desperation that it just reeks of. I mean, it's just such a pathetic move and we've seen this so many of these kinds of like pathetic policies put in place by him but mm -hmm. yeah i just I, this is how he's planning to recoup his money and it's, i just it's i don't see it yeah no it, I, I don't either and 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 a lot of it is just simply that he's his moderation policies yeah. have been so horrific and incompetent and that they've just They've caused his advertising revenue to collapse. Exactly. I mean, what, but it's also company... the same reason why we would have paid a dollar for it in the past, which was mm -hmm. that it was this place that you could rely on for, I mean, for, for years, it was a place mm -hmm. where I felt like I could go for breaking news even before it sort of hit uh, mm -hmm. online media, right? Like it was, there's always going to be some misinformation floating on social media, but that was, Twitter had teams in place to take care of that. And they were really thoughtful about it. And sorting mm -hmm. through that stuff and getting rid of a lot of the noise and a lot of the garbage. I mean, he came in and immediately started firing people and really just every sort of quality, kind of quality or standard that was there, he, he mm -hmm. got rid of them um, because that stuff wasn't of value to him. There's no standards there. It's, it's just full of chaos and noise. And anyone who would have been willing, I would absolutely have been willing to pay a dollar a year for Twitter. It's like sometimes that, that kind of mm. meme line, I can't believe this app is free. I'll never believe, yeah, I'll never get rid of this app. It's free. Like that was that all the time. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and now it's like, oh, it should be, they should be paying me. <laughs> yeah. And we're seeing that just continually with regard to all the misinformation that is on the platform now. And I mean, it only gets worse because there is no promotion of trusted sources. And uh -huh. um, basically the default promotion is if you paid eight bucks, then you get promoted to the front of the line, even if you're the Taliban or, or just a random person pulling video game footage and pretending that it, it came out of Gaza. Yeah, absolutely. Despite the fact that there is so much garbage floating around on Twitter. It's still a place that I go to because I follow a lot of journalists and interesting, thoughtful people and people who can sort of weigh in on things. And so I've seen a lot of this misinformation, especially as the Israel Hamas situation has unfolded. I've seen it happen in real time. I've seen people counter it, but the common complaint and obviously, right, there disinformation, misinformation, and just flat out lies are just propagandizing is part of the war machine itself, right? Specifically, the reference that you made was the Wire article that mentioned that there was video gameplay that was being reported on Twitter as uh, a, a Hamas attack. All of those things have been, it's, it's part of, I've seen some journalists actively 
lament on the platform how that was a place where they used to be able to go to reliably find uh, sources they could trust or to see breaking news and that it just isn't you have to kind of swim through the flotsam and jetsam now and that that really really sucks and i i sent this to you but i'm just going to read it there was an analysis of two million posts on on twitter fine mm-hmm. um and you know they and and they also looked at some other places facebook instagram but they found that there was a quarter of all accounts posting about the war were fake. And they, I mean, Twitter really worked really hard, I think, for years to put together an apparatus that would be sorting through those things and, and clearing out the trash. And that's all gone. I think this is going to be one of the first things that, I mean, look, Elon Musk had a lot of problems in terms of losing advertisers and I think it's really diminished his name in a lot of ways, but I think this and the coverage that Mm. I've seen of this, because it's such an important topic, this is very different than just kind of some meaningless meme that gains traction or uh, I'm not saying that it's less important, but I think people cared even less about name calling Mm. or racial slurs, right? Because that Mm. spiked immediately after he bought the company. But I think that when you're talking about, for most of us, one of the most, kind of devastating conflicts that we've experienced in our lifetime. And there's, and you're swimming in just fucking garbage on a social media platform Mm -hmm. that used to be a place to go. Like, I think that this is going to be more consequential for him than anything that we've seen prior to this since he took over. Uh, Yeah. I I think that's probably right because this is not something that he can just spin away as a a cultural conflict or Republicans being undiscriminated against and all that. And, because this has nothing to do with Republicans or Democrats right, he can't turn this into America. just some partisan issue. Um, yeah, yeah, and well, it, but but it does actually go to the the individualist approach that he and and all the, these other right wing elites have is that they constantly talk about the need to debate things over and over, and but the reality is that we don't need to debate whether right. a video game footage is real. We don't need to debate whether. Women are human beings. We don't need, like, nobody wants these debates. We don't need them. They're, they were settled. Well, the 50, worst people in the world want to debate them, right? The people who uh, want to debate whether or not people, certain people have a right to exist, want to mm-hmm. debate them. There is a contingent that wants to debate it. It's just that they are the worst actors in the world and, and bad faith, horrible people. And, and, and he's yeah. a part of, and he is with them and he has signaled over and over. I mean, it's, I guess yeah. it's the sort of what right wingers call virtue signaling on the left. He has done that mm-hmm. for whatever, I don't know what you call it on the right, but he's certainly done that. And not only has he aided and abetted in the dissemination of this kind of information across the platform, right as the Israel Hamas conflict was really heating up this time, he mm-hmm. was talking about news sources that people should trust because there was someone complaining about exactly what we're talking about. And he pointed out two accounts that are notorious for, for putting out information. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, it, not only is he someone who he doesn't, it's not only that he doesn't care about what people are reading or consuming or the impact that it has. He himself is an avid consumer of that same garbage. And purveyor as well. Like, and, and it's like, And Republicans don't like when I say this, but it's like their mode of thinking is outmoded. Like their cognitive processes are antiquated and they don't understand that humans, 
the way we got to where we are is that we built on ideas like mm-hmm. this is why they're not conservative is that you that we all came to a consensus that certain things are true and we don't have to go and debate them all over again because you know what it, who gives a fuck whether you disagree with it that the earth is flat like we don't need to have that debate it's a waste of our time no one wants it so go fuck yourself if you believe that and like they just keep wanting to do this get stuck in the mud with these same bullshit arguments that no one cares about except for this tiny little aggrieved subset and they keep doing this and and then as a result it affects everything else because like if you think that evolution is a satanic lie then you don't understand how to handle covid if you think that that homosexuality is caused by satan then you're not going to understand how to deal with your 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 child who identifies as bisexual these things pile on each other when you have bad thinking and Elon Musk is just exemplifying that so perfectly just as much as Jim Jordan is that they're understanding the world is fundamentally stupid and it's harming them finally uh, but i also and, think you know, just and this is but i, I don't know that is, they'll ever learn so, um, i think that this is also kind of springboarding off your point like the way to understand the world and to do better is to build on ideas and work and conclusions that people prior to you who have done far, far more work in certain areas have arrived at and to take those conclusions and build on them. There was a reason that Twitter, having existed as it did and, and gained so many users over the years, that under, they understood that there had to be certain stop gaps in place. They weren't just there because, you know, this, this they to be mean to wanted Republic. to... <laughs> right. I mean, it, it wasn't this kind of like frivolous thing that they were doing. They were actively they recognized the role that they played when there were major events around the world. And they took great pains mm-hmm. to ensure that they were not essentially working as bad faith actors. Right. That they yeah. weren't contributing to kind of the worst stuff that's out there. And Elon Musk came in and decided that he knew better. Yeah. And that's why this is reactionism. It's not conservatism. Yeah that they want to go back before this expertise was developed, before the information was acquired, because they know better, because that's their identity. It's because it's them. It's like that, who was that that phrase? Uh, Stephen Colbert, yeah, he used to have a saying in his Bill O'Reilly character that this thing is true, not just because I believe it, but because I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what makes it true. And like, and that is... 100% 100% Elon Musk's mentality. Like, no one else can know stuff except for him. And it doesn't matter how stupid the things, he, decisions he's making and how much money he's losing and humiliating himself. He's still right. I mean, it would be great entertainment if it wasn't fucking up the world, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it literally has global consequences. It really does. So I, for, for our last story of this episode, I think it, I, I, I love Media Matters as an organization because they watch all these shows that no one, no normal person oh my God. would so watch. Oh, do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and like, it, it, and we've, we've talked on other episodes where the right wing is kind of, they're conducting this bizarre fusion of right wing Christian politics and sports. And the thing is that 
Basically, in the mid-2000s, conservatives and reactionaries became, they became obsessed with the idea that ESPN was left-wing. So, like, OutKick basically has grown up as as an explicitly right-wing sports franchise. And they're doing this really sick <laughs> merger of Fox News, Fox Sports, and OutKick and Christian nationalism into this very disturbing chimera of of entertainment. And it was all started by this guy named Clay Travis, who's one of those people that I think people, if you're on the left, you've never heard of this guy, but he's enormously influential on the right wing. He actually is the co-host in Rush Limbaugh's old time slot. And with Premier Radio Networks, he is the, the co-host of that. And anyway, he's got somebody who works for him. Her name is Charlie Arnold, and we'll play the tape here. She was telling the audience of sports fans about birth control and how it's also in the tap water, and it's all this big conspiracy, and it's so entertaining to watch, I have to say, but I, it's sad people believe it's real. <laughs> and finally, my biggest piece of advice, ladies, for the love of God, stop drinking tap water. Tap water is effectively birth control because it has birth control in it. Because, well, it's just how it goes. Women pee and they are peeing out their medication. So yes, men, also you need to definitely listen up. This is a big heads up for you because also this estrogen in the water that you are drinking, the tap water, is also going to mess with your hormones. And not to mention also doing damage to fertility. There are forever chemicals in water. These are known as PFAs. These can cause pre pregnancy problems, also birth defects. And right now, we're all sitting here with microplastics in our blood from the water we drink and also the food we consume. It's disgusting, but pretty much unavoidable at this point. So to all of the women out there, and also the men who care about the women in their lives, don't put off having kids until it's too late. Get off the birth control, and please stop drinking tap water. Yeah, this is very on some Alex Jones shit. It's, I, there's something, I mean, obviously the right's just very conspiracy-minded in general, but, because this really does get into the conspiracy fields, but they're obsessed with the water. I mean, not, not in terms of making sure it's clean and safe and potable. <laughs> they're obsessed with the idea that there are things in the water that are going to change mm. your fundamental nature or, you know, your sexuality or mm. prevent you from getting pregnant. I mean, this is a recurring theme with them. It is, yeah. And, you know, and, and they have definitely become more obsessed against birth control recently because I think, you know, the, the Washington Republican elite has basically realized everyone hates us. And th there's this old saying that Christian fundamentalists have, they can't reproduce, so they have to recruit. I, and yeah. the inverse, actually, of that is true now of American Christian reactionaries, that they cannot recruit. So they have to reproduce. <laughs> yeah. And that's why they're, they're, they're obsessed now with birth control. Like they're constantly telling young Republicans, you need to have as many babies as possible. You must have babies. You must have, and you know, the subtext for many of them, you must have white babies. Yeah, white babies. Uh, yeah. And I think and also they, they're landing more on it because they feel like they succeeded with what they wanted to do with Roe v. Wade. So the next target is going to be birth control like there's a merging point of mm -hmm. all this great replacement stuff and and that mm -hmm. but i just also want to say if you're listening to this show you obviously are not someone who is going to be concerned about this i just want to warn you that there is no birth control 
in the water. Keep taking your pills. <laughs> don't, don't fall for it. I want any of you to <laughs> end up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But then I want a pregnancy. Looking out, hopefully looking out for you guys. Always that. looking out for <laughs> our listeners. <laughs> Yes, that's right, Kelly. There you go. Well, you know what? I think that wholesome advice to everybody might be a good stopping point for Way us. Way to sign on off. <laughs> well, sounds yeah. good. And you will actually be on the East Coast soon enough. So that will be fun. Yeah, it will. Yeah, we've actually never met. We've recorded this podcast for a few months now. And so it will be, yeah, great to meet up. I'm looking How forward to How weird it. is that? Yeah, never met. All right. Well, I'm going to get back to my stuff and also reading misinformation. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I will see you in the flesh soon. Yeah, awesome. All right. See ya. Bye. All right. Take care.